Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Neuroresilience. I'm your host, Justin. So it's the new year, and of course, we're looking at things that we can do to change ourselves in the future. And I must admit, in the past, I used to be a bit of a, um, an anti-goal-setter type of person, where I was like, oh, you know, what's the point in making goals? Self-improvement is masturbation, to quote Fight Club's Tyler Durden. But the point is, is that we all want to change parts of ourselves. There's always going to be some part of ourselves that we're not 100% happy with. There's always going to be a part of ourselves that we want to improve. We want to kind of take that 5%, 10% increase, um, you know, to make our lives better and to make ourselves a little bit more of a well-rounded person and to live up to our potential, what we know that we can do inside. And so today, I'm going to run you through what I do and what I take a lot of my clients through. That's a lot of these executive clients um, that are, you know, CFOs, CEOs, et cetera, founders, um, you know, company owners, and how I run them through um, my list of how to create goals and then what the process is. So if you're someone who's struggling to kind of set your goals up, maybe you haven't really found a good way to do this, this is my way. So this is one way of doing it, and I highly recommend it. It works particularly well. So one of the biggest things is this idea of failure to plan is planning to fail, essentially, you know, and we're taking that into account with this particular strategy. So how does it work? Well, it's very simple. Number one is you set your goals. So whatever your goal may be, like, oh, I want to make, you know, $50,000 a month. Okay, great. Once you establish your goal, we then kick the tires on that goal to see if it's really what we want. So when you ask yourself, why do I want $50,000? It's like, oh, so that I can, right? And we find out that that goal is an instrumental goal, which means that it is an instrument in order to get to a different goal. Well, why don't we just try and go for that goal in any case? So a lot of the times what we'll find is that our goals are instrumental in getting us to a place. And we really need to kick the tires on it to make sure that our goals are really the best way of getting there instead of just the way that someone else said we'll get there or the way that society is kind of like conditioned us into thinking, okay? So kicking the tires on the goal, first and foremost, before we take any further steps. Am I doing this goal so that I can um, feel better about a part of myself that actually would be better for me to work on myself instead of getting my needs met externally? Or is it something that actually I just need to do? So we need to ask ourselves those kinds of questions. I'll give you a, a good example quickly is um, one of my goals is to raise my income level per month. Well, why? Why do I want to do that? Well, because by me doing that, it provides more safety, security financially. So that goal is irrelevant in the face of do I feel safe and secure financially, right? But to feel safe and secure financially is to have this idea of like, oh, I can predict predictably bring in uh, money and have enough money that I feel like I can deal with whatever life throws at me. So the 10K goal is just a milestone. It's not actually the real goal. But setting it as that is like, well, I imagine 10K would help me feel, um, you know, more safe, more secure, etc. So the idea about setting up like a goal, like a 10K goal, <clears throat> is just safety security, all right? But it's still an efficient means of getting there. Now, I can also look within myself and then do a goal of, okay, well, 
why do I need to feel safe and secure? What, what do I think is threatening my safety security? Like, how can I feel safe and secure without relying on money? For sure. But you know what? There's a lot that actually money brings in, having money in the bank accounts, but having that predictable stream of income, which makes you feel like you can relax, like you've got enough resources. There is this distinction about resourcefulness versus having resources. And I like to play between the balance of the two. So if you're not sure what which one it is, I will be hosting a workshop this coming weekend, which is January the 9th. Um, I'll put all the links down uh, down below this, this episode. But um, if you're interested in coming to a free planning goal-setting workshop for the year of 2024, um, check out all the links down below, and I'll tell you more about that later. So let's go back to it. So we've We've decided what we want to change. We've kicked the tires on the reasons behind what we want. Okay. And the biggest thing here is that people think something's going to make them happy. And so even if you've, you've kicked the tires on it, but you're not too sure, the best thing that you can do is run with it anyway and get feedback throughout the year of you taking action and actually make a decision with more data. It's almost impossible for you to, to make decisions without data. So gathering that data is maybe taking steps in the wrong direction, but you won't know until you take those steps. So like uh, Robert Downey Jr. says in Sherlock Holmes, he says, data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. So this is also an invitation for you to be kind with yourself if you decide to change your goals halfway through because you didn't have the data that you needed in order to make the, the, the decision on the correct goals or the goal that better matches what you actually are trying to achieve. So again, don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself time to explore and be curious about these things and say, huh, maybe this is the road. Okay, so there we go. The biggest problem that I find with people making goals, and this is what this whole process is about, is about measuring. They don't know how to measure their goals. So here's a good example. Oh, I want to improve my cardio this year. Great. Fantastic. How are you going to measure it? Uh, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just do more cardio. Great. Okay. But how do you know if you're doing too much cardio or not enough cardio? How would you know if the cardio you're doing is effective or not? Um, so if you don't know exactly how to measure, the number one measurement is going to be time spent in that domain. So if you need, let's say, clarity, like I'm not too sure where I want to take my business and by the end of the year, I want to be sure about that. I'm not too sure what to do with my life and by the end of the year, I want to have a better idea, better understanding. Okay, cool. How much time are you going to spend figuring this out, exploring, researching, asking questions? And so the two steps that you can take if you just have no idea what to measure, okay, we said measurement number one is time spent in this domain. Okay, well, what actions can you take in order to spend time in that domain and effectively do these types of things? Number one, talk to people about that thing. You know, uh, find someone who's figured out who you admire, you know, a mentor or something like that who's figured out what you need to figure out and go and ask them questions. Spend time talking to people who have potentially answered this question for themselves, right? That's number one. But number two is spend time researching, you know, go online and investigate, uh, and then number three is spend time thinking about it. Like just block out, let's say 30 minutes a week for you to just sit and think about what it would look like, um, you know, what are different ways that you could do it. And don't get into that mindset. This is the first thing. Don't get into the mindset of like, I can't do that, that self-defeating thing. But ask yourself questions like, how could I? 
How could I, with just, you know, all my shortcomings, absolutely, start that journey? You know, what does the first rung of that ladder look like? So this is my advice, my number one piece of advice for if you don't know your goals, it's about getting clarity and spend time in that domain. And even if you do know your goals, like cardio, sure, the number one thing is to say, all right, fine, time spent in that domain. I'm going to spend one hour a week doing cardio. All right. And I highly recommend people work on a weekly basis with noting down effort and work because it accumulates over a week, right? Just like calories. Daily calories matter, absolutely. But weekly calories have been shown to matter more than daily calories. You know, if you're going on a diet, if you're trying to bulk, your weekly calories matter more than your daily calories. So I would, I would invite you to consider that your weekly effort matters more than your daily efforts. Because if you're like, oh, I'm going to do one hour a day on this thing versus five hours collectively over a week, let's imagine that you have one day a week where you just are free. Well, spend your time doing that thing. Why not? You know, versus forcing it into a daily box. But of course, you know, there's always a harmony to find with this type of thing. You can't just brush your teeth once a week for all the time that you need to brush your teeth every day, you know, spread out over the week. So there's a bit of maintenance, hygiene, kind of like common sense that you need to apply here. But I'd highly recommend that you go specifically for the weekly goals. Okay. So once you've set your goal, so for me, let's say cardio, I want to improve my VO2 max by three points by the end of the year. How am am I measuring this? Well, number one is like my gym offers a VO2 max test for like a hundred bucks. Cool, I can take one at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, end of the year if I wanted to, if I wanted to spend that money. Or I can just track it by using a tracker like a watch. So Apple Watch does actually give this. Um, I know Whoop doesn't. I know that Garmin devices do. You know, and they'll give you an estimate. And might not be accurate, but if you're using the same instrument to measure at the beginning and at the end, you can kind of trust that that accuracy is pretty good. Okay. Um So the idea is that I wanted to improve by three points. That is my total result-based goal. That's the result that I want. Now I can also create a process goal. So the process is, well, what am I doing on a weekly basis in order to achieve that result as well? So a result-based goal and a process-based goal. Well, my process-based goal is that I want to spend a minimum of 15 minutes in zone five per week. Now, thankfully, my wearable does also track this. Okay, I've got two wearables. I've got the Polar Strap, which is more accurate, and it does measure this as well. But the idea here is that I can't just say, okay, I've got 15 minutes. Let me quickly go into zone five. It takes a lot of effort to build up into zone five. You need at least 10, 15 minutes of a warm-up where you're getting into at least zone two and zone three. And then at that, it's maximum effort. And you can't sustain maximum effort for 15 minutes you know, it's not, it's not something that's effective as well in being, building your VO2 max. So I've done my research and I've looked at this. I've got clarity around exactly what does that procedure look like. If you don't know exactly what that procedure look like, looks like, it's a good idea to kind of um, create a few, a few different ways that you can do it and testing it against each other on a weekly basis, let's say, and seeing which one works better for you. Because remember, consistency matters more than the perfect way of doing it. Okay. So for me, it's four by four intervals for cardio. It's called a Norwegian four by four protocol. And uh, I found that, you know, when I was running, I was barely getting into zone five, even with sprints at the end of like an hour long run, I just wasn't able to get myself into zone five. Um, Whereas on the Norwegian four by four, 
you know, 16 minutes is the total time that you spend doing like vigorous sprints. And 15 out of those 16 had me in zone five. So that's it. One sprint protocol per week minimum. But I can do more if I want to, if I have the time available to me. So let's just recap quickly. We set a process-based goal. Now, the process-based goals are going to be the things that will give you the result. And this is what we talk about when we talk about this idea of lagging and leading indicators, you know? Cool. So if I want to, um, let's say, increase my net worth, well, that's a result, okay? Versus what's the process? What's the process that's going to get me there? So I want to increase my business's predictability. Well, then I need to create a system of outreach, sales, fulfillment. Great. So creating that system, how much time am I going to spend creating that system? How much time am I going to spend turning on that system? That's the thing that I track. Okay, so a result versus a process. And we need to be very aware of what we're doing. And sometimes goals can have both of those. And that's what we track. Now, the other thing is that we can then take this and say, for the year, if I'm doing 15 minutes per week, that's like 700 and something minutes over the period of the year, right? To achieve my goal. That's what I'm looking at. Now, the concept there is that we are shooting for an annual goal. And then we are breaking it down onto a weekly basis and saying, okay, this is what it looks like, right? This is what I want to do. So, I'm projecting. It's a projection goal as well. And breaking it down into that period of time. Now, what's very important is that we stay in this kind of dance with reality, a dance with reality, if you will, um, where after the first month or your choice, the first quarter, right? I, I It doesn't matter which one you choose, if it's going to be a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, which is, of course, three months. Then you reflect backwards and you say, Based on my performance, am I going to achieve this goal, overachieve, underachieve? And then we can adjust those goals as well so that we can see what is realistic. So let's say I'm actually doing 30 minutes a month, uh, a week of my cardio, my zone five cardio training. Then I need to adjust my 700 minutes of cardio because clearly I'm going to overreach that. And clearly I can expect more of myself right? Um, It's actually quite easy to do. So after the first month or the first quarter, I readjust my annual goals to reflect actually what effort I'm making and hold myself accountable to that effort as well. Versus, um, let's say I'm only able to achieve 10 minutes a week. Well, then my 700 minutes at the end of the year is clearly something that I overshot. And I was like, oh, okay, well, the reality is 10 minutes a week. So maybe I can set my goal at 11 minutes or 12 minutes a week, just a little bit more. And so I don't achieve 100% of my goal. I achieve 70 to 80% of my goal so that if I truly try to stretch myself, I would achieve 100%. But my standard inputs, I'm going to be there at that 70, 80% mark. And I can be satisfied and very happy with that. And so the constant process that we're doing is, what do I think is achievable? Okay, get some data behind me. And then, all right, let me readjust my goal according to the data so that I am constantly taking feedback from reality. What actually is my are my feedback loops that I'm paying attention to? And that's the whole process of, am I measuring it? Yes. Am I going to achieve based on my measurements, based on my track record? And you need to create a track record. 
That's the whole point. Creating a track record gives you realistic expectations and you can be confident in your abilities to achieve the particular results that you're chasing as well. What we're trying to do is set up appropriate challenges for appropriate levels. Okay, that is the entire purpose of tracking it like this. So based on that, this is what I propose. Number one, a goal-setting workshop. Number two, a monthly check-in for those who are interested, right? To a maximum of 10 people. I think that more than 10 people, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's, it's just too many faces in the crowd, okay? And the idea is that on a monthly basis, you look back, you check what has worked, what hasn't, what adjustments need to be made, what is getting in the way. And this is my proposal is that these 10 people as well, I would invite them to um, two monthly events as well as potential coaching if necessary, if resistance presents itself. Like let's say I find myself uh, not going to these sessions because I'm prioritizing work. There's deeper things that need to come in here with the priorities of well, what does health mean to you? What does security mean to you? Maybe you've just practiced that pattern for a long time. How do we program a new pattern in? How do we defeat any kind of like philosophies that may exist that are telling you that health isn't important, whatever that needs to be? So there is a potential angle here to help people with resistances, but it's basically the idea of accountability with your partners on a monthly basis to adjust and to achieve future goals. And so if this is the year for you, you're welcome to uh, to register for the planning event, which will be held on this coming Saturday. Um, if I can tell you which Saturday that is, that would be wonderful. So it's Saturday, uh, January 6th, and we'll be holding it at 9 o'clock in the morning, Central Time. That's Texan time. So for anyone who's in Europe or in other parts of the world, you know, um, please check your check your time uh, your time exchange. So it's Central Time, Texan time. Um, and the idea here is that I'll be running a two-hour workshop and you'll be using my templates and my process to be able to achieve this as well. Now, if you just want to see what this looks like, I will record a Loom video for anyone who's interested to see it. And of course, the templates are fully available to anyone. Uh, you're more than welcome to download them. And I will also be recording the two-hour session and putting it up online for anyone who can't make it so that you can see the process that we go through, number one. Number two, the documents that we use. Number three, the way that I tell people to move through those documents as well. So uh, I hope this is all useful for you. I wish you the best for 2024. Remember that January to December is just an arbitrary amount of time, and you could use this or adapt this to whatever. I have a friend who does it from his birthday one year to his birthday the next year, you know, so that he tracks it in accordance with how he ages. So, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, <clears throat> so if you found this very useful, like I said, please go check out the registration link below. Um, and then after that, remember that my, uh, my course, my personal development course is available to you as well. I'll link that down below. And that's for people who want to do the work, right? So we want to be able to identify any behavioral patterns that make you frustrated, sad, angry, let's say shameful or anything like that. Any behavior patterns that you want to change this year. We need the right mental models to understand the mechanics of what's going on, as well as the mechanics of change. So I will save a link to that below with a little discount code attached to it as well, um, because you are my audience. Okay. Um, I hope 
that you had a great season for the change of the year and that you have a fantastic 2024. See you later.